Greetings, and welcome to the Black Flame Podcast, where history and legends collide, where cryptids, the supernatural, and the paranormal run free. We are your hosts, Dan and John Leonard, and we are here to bring you stories of haunted places, creepy cryptids, and harrowing legends. So sit back and let us guide you through the world of the unexplained. Tonight we'll be covering Skinwalkers and Rock Apes. So stick around to learn more about these two legendary cryptids. The Navajo Native American tribe. Although they are best known for being fierce warriors, the Navajo were a very spiritual tribe. You see, even though they are such a fierce and mighty people, they have an ancient fear that still haunts them to this day. No, they don't fear rival tribes, but rather they fear a creature, one that can shapeshift in the blink of an eye and is out for blood. What they fear is known as a skinwalker. The Navajo tribe is the second largest Native American population in the U.S. with nearly 300,000 individuals in the 21st century, with most of them living in New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah. But regardless of where they are, they all believe that skinwalkers are something all too real. So what exactly are skinwalkers? Well, they're said to be shape-shifting spirits, or witches, that can take shape of any animal. Not only are they said to shapeshift, but they are also said to possess others as well. These witches wear the skins of animals, and sometimes they wear this animal's skull or antlers, hence the name. Although skinwalkers are largely known throughout the tribe and several other Native American tribes, it is a topic that is not spoken about openly. This is because the Navajo believe that these skinwalkers hide and walk among their own people. It is thought that if you talk about them, they will hear you, and you will become the next victim. It is thought throughout the Navajo that medicine men are the main people that turn into these dark spirits, or those who are the highest ranking in the tribe but only use their power for evil or turn into a skinwalker. But one doesn't just become a skinwalker overnight by a full moon. In order for that person to be transformed into a skinwalker, they must kill a sibling of their own or someone in their family. Once one becomes a skinwalker, that person can change their appearance at will to any animal they want. But the Navajo legends, it's said that most of the skinwalkers seen are in the form of a coyote, a fox, wolf, owl, or even a cow. Not only can they change their appearance, but they can also possess other animals and even people. And it is said that the skinwalker can only possess a person by looking at them directly in the eyes. Legend has it that skinwalkers root around in grave sites to feast on dead bodies. This is how the spirits survive. Not only are they said to eat the dead bodies to survive, but they also use them to make a powder that poisons their victims. So if someone in the tribe falls ill, it is thought that they have been poisoned by a skinwalker. But the Navajo also believe that there is a way to kill them. To do this, you must find out the true identity of them 
and say their full name out loud. After their name is said, the skinwalker would get sick and perish. The Navajo still to this day have a deep fear of the spirits, but the Navajo aren't the only people who claim to see these creatures. Many reports have come out of Skinwalker Ranch, with eyewitness accounts as seeing a half-man, half-dog-like creatures, wolves three times the size of normal wolves, and even some claim to hear voices talking to them in what could only be a Native American language. I see it early on in your piece. There was a connection that I kind of made between the like skinwalkers and even like older European werewolf tales where sometimes what people would see when they claim that they saw someone turn into a werewolf is like there were certain tribes of, you know, like the Celts and stuff like that, I think had legends where if you were to don the, the hide of an animal that you could allegedly turn into that kind of animal or like a half person had. So people, there was a whole tribe. I remember of, uh, people that they, I forget what they had, what the name was, but they basically worshiped wolves like a God. Hmm. And so they would put on these wolf hides and supposedly turn into wolves or wolf like men, which is sort of like what you were talking about with the skinwalker. Yeah, they do it with wolves. Like I say, wolves, coyotes, foxes, um, owls even, and cows. Yeah. But just the, the way that sometimes you didn't you say in there that they would wear like the yeah someone would wear that's how they got the name of course skinwalker is because they known to look like half man half people or half man half animal wearing an animal skin and sometimes even the skulls of animals too gotcha and they were pretty much always like a medicine man right or like that's who they who they believed that the the person most susceptible to turning into a skinwalker was a medicine man. And it was pretty much like an active decision to do it, wasn't it? Like, it wasn't like you accidentally turned into one. So it was kind of like you, like you accidentally turned into one. Um, like one doesn't just put on an animal skin and just start walking around. Like I say, people, the Navajo believed that um, skinwalkers were people like you and I walking amongst them. And they didn't know it until someone talked badly about that person or talked badly about the skinwalker. And then you would see the skinwalker appear and, you know, some people would get like, uh, some people got sick and they blamed that on it. Just like a lot of witch tales you hear. Um, but what it, it wouldn't just be like a medicine man's going to start dancing around in a, in a wolf skin and he's it. Right. It's not like this. <laughs> no, it's not like that at all. Yeah. It's a, it's always been an interesting story, just the story of the skinwalker. Yeah, it's, and it stretches out so, like, it goes from New Mexico to Utah. Yeah. It's, and that's just with the Navajo. Uh, I know other Amer Native American tribes uh, believe in them, too. But just the Navajo alone, that's a big stretch of land, you know, from New Mexico to Arizona to Utah. It's a big stretch of land. Oh, yeah. Which obviously lumped in that land is Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. That, you know, the obvious moniker there. And that report, um, that was pretty recent. I want to say it wasn't that long ago. I want to say it was in the 1900s at least. Um, a dude killed a, 
a wolf there. And it was, like I said, three times the size of a regular wolf. Just crazy, giant wolf. It's wild. Yeah. And people say they see, you know, half dog, half people type creatures around there and heard voices. Um, one guy heard voices and it was in another language. It wasn't even in English. That is pretty crazy. So that, you have to think it has to be some kind of Native American language. Right. Know? Has to be. That would be the obvious jump, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, the settlers there, they were American, you know, they spoke, spoke English. Yeah. You know, but that's freaky. Yeah, it's scary. Especially, like, they're using the bones out of the graveyard and stuff. Yeah, they would make, uh, like it said, some kind of powder and almost poison their victims with it, Ugh. you know. It's creepy. I just think it's neat how it's kind of like all the same things kind of tie into witch trials and witch tales. Like um, people who get sick, it's most likely that a skinwalker poisoned you. Right. With this potion thing that he made, you know? Yeah. And that was, you know, the Native Americans had no idea about Salem witch trials and other witch trials that happened. But... It's just weird how it follows, how witch trials or witch things like that seem to follow up through history. It's almost like it's in our DNA almost. Yeah. Well, I think it's, when it comes to specifically that, not so much sightings that people have had, but just blaming, you know, somebody for cursing them, essentially. Yeah. Or, you know, blaming somebody who's in control of some kind of supernatural power that has something over you. I think it's it's natural in a way because I mean when you don't have an explanation for something, especially when you, like back in the days of the witch trials, um, I'm talking about Navajo Native Americans, you right? Know? <laughs> they, you know, when you don't have an explanation for it, you're looking for one. You want one because it makes you feel like you've got control over the situation once you know what the problem is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're trying to put it's... like a. It's interesting that they always bring it back to something like that. Right. You know, it's almost like it's just, it's history repeating itself in a way. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. Because, um, of course, they blame it, on, you know, they blame deaths on skinwalkers and, you know, other things like people blame deaths on, from a wolfman or something, you know, just crazy off the wall stuff. But to tie everything back to witches yeah, is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's, I heard a, a good quote today, and it was, uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. I was listening to Astonishing Yeah, Legends everything's were, not quite the same. Yeah, but it's got the same kind of flavor. Yeah. And it, it kind of follows the same template, but it's not. Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. But it's interesting how it, it crosses cultures like that, for one thing. Yeah. But as far as the actual story of skinwalkers go, like it's, there are people who claim to still see them today. The Navajo, you know, there are certain Navajo people within the Navajo nation that are still scared of them. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know, it's, it's, yeah. They, it's very, to them it's very real. And it, it, who's to say it's not, but it's the fact that people have really claimed to have seen them, you know, like a, I think on Skinwalker Ranch, I feel like I've brought this up on another episode. It was probably uh, either the Beast of Barmston Drain or Beast of Bray Road. Um, Beast of Bray Road, I think. Yeah, one of the two. But they, 
on Skinwalker Ranch, I'm pretty sure somebody said they saw a half man, half dog, like, or no, it was just a dog. It looked like a, like a wolf, but on its hind legs, keeping up with their car, like flying down the road. Hmm. So like, there are those kinds of sightings. Yeah. It was, it was funny because I, I've just finished typing this up and like a night later, I saw on the TV that there was a commercial and they're doing a thing on History Channel or um, National Geographic or something about Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. After I just typed this up. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on here? Well, there, <laughs> there's a TV show now for the guy that owns it. Um, yeah. He's, he's actually like got a crew out there. It's been going on for a while, I think, um, for like a year maybe. Um, I just heard something about it the other night when I was listening to another podcast. But yeah, they're, and skinwalkers aren't the only thing that's supposed to be seen out there either. I mean, they've got UFO activity, yeah, Bigfoot, and, Bigfoot and ghosts, poltergeist. Yeah. yeah, like all kinds of crap where yeah. like the land itself seems to just be a magnet for everything supernatural. But obviously got its name because of skinwalkers. Yeah. <laughs> that's not not really yeah. a coincidence. It's I think it's in Utah. It is, yeah. Yeah. So that's well within the Navajo range there. Yeah, I don't think it's in this quite in the Navajo um just cuz it's in Utah doesn't mean it's in Navajo territory. Not what it is now. No. No, it's not. It's not now, but it's still, you know. Like I say, other Native American tribes believe in skinwalkers. That's not just a Navajo thing. What it, there's also another one too that I I think may be either a different version of the skinwalker in other Native American legends, um, the Wendigo. Do you ever hear about the Wendigo? No. Something I forgot. Should have looked it up when I knew that you were doing skinwalkers. But it's something similar, if I remember right, where it's some kind of either person that turns into a uh, an animal or half animal or whatever, or some kind of just animal spirit creature that's supposed to come after you. But I think that's. Algonquin too. I think that's more like your East Coast Native American legends, hmm. if I remember right. But there's also one, and it's not talked about in here. Um, and I don't know if the Navajo believe it or not. I haven't looked into it that much. But the Thunderbird. You yeah. ever heard of the Thunderbird? Oh yeah. That's another Native American uh, legend. Apparently, like it's supposed to be some kind of giant bird, and I think it's a condor. Isn't it a, or no, it's a, some kind of eagle or something. Well, it's, it's, I mean, what it is to them is just a giant ass bird. I mean, it is. But they, <laughs> people claim to see them. Um, but they, the, because of how big they claim they are, they claim they have like wingspans of like 20 feet and stuff. Yeah, that's um, what the Native Americans would talk about. Which you have like your California condors, which are. I think they're the biggest bird in the U.S. I think that's right. And. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're huge. They have, like, wingspans of, like, what, like, six feet or something. They are humongous birds. birds. Yeah. And And no doubt there's a couple outliers that are freakishly big. There has to be. Especially back then, you know, during Native American times when no one else was around. I'm sure they saw bigger birds, but nothing like, nothing, you know, 20-foot wingspan. I mean, they could have. There's actually um, some interesting stuff they found in New Zealand where... Like the people that lived there, 
always had these stories of these giant birds that would come down and grab people and like take That's them away. Like the Thunderbird. Yeah. Well, it turns out that's true. They found fossils of these oh, birds shit. that were humongous that definitely could just like grab somebody and take them. And they, now they know it's legit. It's not just a legend like it. it and they coexisted with humans. We know that. So it's interesting. That's, uh, and I think it's in Venezuela, I want to say. The harpy eagles? You ever heard of those? Yeah. They pick up goats and drop them off cliffs. Yeah. If it's picking up, big enough to pick up a goat, it can pick up a, a teenager. Yeah. And I mean, that's uh, that's why I'm saying I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, no. You know, just because we haven't found any... They, they might be extinct. You know, because that's what the people in New Zealand did. They went and killed off those birds. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were just wrecking the people. Dragon-sized birds flying around. Yeah pterodactyls like <laughs> swooping in on people i'd go egg smashing i guess yeah but um no the skinwalkers I've, I've always heard about them since i was a kid but i never really looked into them it's definitely an interesting one though yeah one that for, i don't know why but just anything that's tied to like the native american legend i think is has its own specific flavor that it's just interesting to me yeah, but yeah, no, and this one's like falls right into the category of terrifying, if true. Yeah, apparently it was, it's said, from Navajo legend. It's said that the skinwalker will kill like its siblings, or or that's that's another way someone becomes one, is if someone uses their power for gets really high ranked up in the Navajo system, and uses that power for evil. That person is said to more likely become one of a skinwalker and or, you know, if you kill a sibling, you're almost doomed to that. But I, it doesn't say anything about if they're alive or I assume it's kind of like a vampire thing from what it sounds like to me. Yeah. That they, your spirit almost takes back over after you die, I assume. I assume, you know, that's just my, th like, you don't just kill someone and you start walking around wearing animal skins, killing people. Right. You know, I think it's more, I think what, what they think of is more along the lines of vampire kind of, you know, like the Strigoi of uh, Romania, where people would die and then people claim to see them running around after they've been buried and stuff like that and people get sick and all that same kind of deal, pretty right. much. Huh another rhyme in history yeah interesting mm -hmm. this has been skinwalkers stick around to learn more about rock apes When it comes to American military history, few wars bring up as much controversy and division as the Vietnam War. Citizens back home were conflicted on many topics involving the American inclusion into the dispute. Rightfully so, stories about the battles and horrid living conditions have been covered endlessly in documentaries and books, but one aspect of the war seems to have been all but ignored by the general public. 
possibly because it doesn't seem as significant as the lives that were on the line at the time, and I don't think anyone could find a fault in that line of thinking. But now that the war is long past, and at least the physical wounds have all healed, I think it's time we pull out one more line of stories that may still cause a lot of controversy, just with much lower stakes. That line of stories being those of soldiers who claim to see and essentially live alongside large, upright primates known as rock apes. When you exclude the fact that it was the backdrop of one of the world's most vicious wars, Vietnam is actually a very beautiful country. Its coasts are filled with sandy beaches and scenic rock formations, while the interior is mostly mountainous and covered in dense forest. And as we know, anything as dense and vast as the Vietnamese jungle provides the perfect cover for undiscovered species. The majority of the time, these creatures go on uninterrupted by human civilization until we begin encroaching into their territory. Sometimes what we find are fairly innocuous creatures such as new species of frogs or small mammals, but if the stories are true, what the American soldiers ran into in Vietnam would be far more significant. For years, the native Vietnamese people have supposedly lived alongside what they call Batututs, or Nua Zong, which are both names for forest people or wild men. They are reportedly anywhere from three to seven feet tall, with reddish, black, or brown hair covering everything but their knees, hands, feet, and face. They also tend to have long arms, protruding bellies, and walk on two feet. These creatures mostly went unheard of in the Western world until American troops began their insurgence into Vietnamese territories. It was around this time when the term rock ape came into being, and in our first reported encounter, I think you'll agree they earned that name honestly. One report from an American soldier stated that one night, he and his men were sitting around a campfire when they noticed a small creature making its way out of the jungle towards their camp. It seemed to be unafraid of them and almost completely oblivious to their presence as it got close enough for one of the men to poke it with the tip of their rifle. The creature seemed startled and threw its arms up, screaming, before running back into the forest. Shortly after, they heard large boulders rolling down the ravine towards their encampment. They were supposedly around 300 to 400 pound rocks that were rolled down by the larger rock apes. Luckily, no one in the camp was hurt by the rocks, but they had another problem to deal with after the assault. It's said that later, a large troop of these apes came running down the ravine towards the soldiers and they were forced to fire. The soldier relaying this story said that when it was all said and done, there were 17 dead rock apes strewn about and the smallest one was not among them. He also noted the large, fang-like teeth they gnashed on their way into battle. While this seemed to be a violent, attempted assault on humans by the creatures, most stories tend to be just sightings and accidental run-ins that resulted in the animal just sauntering away back into obscurity. One such account comes from another soldier who said he and his men were sitting on the edge of the jungle when they began to hear movement coming towards them. Assuming the worst, they had their guns at the ready, but what came out of the woods not far from where they stood was a five to six foot tall bipedal ape with orange hair, a deep prominent brow, broad shoulders, and a muscular build. When one of the men went to shoot, another warned him against it, saying he'd had encounters with them before, and as long as you don't attack or scare them, they just go away. He said the creature looked at the men for about 10 seconds before turning around and walking back in the direction it came from, never to be seen again. 
Clearly it wasn't entirely uncommon to run into these creatures out there, and the soldiers recognized they could be a serious threat. Another, and possibly my favorite account, comes from a man whose father was telling him stories about the war and casually mentioned seeing a group of orangutans. He said that one day they were in the jungle and a large troop of 60 to 80 of these creatures began passing through their general area. He estimated at about 200 feet away. He said they made a lot of noise as they made their way through the trees. His platoon officer told the men to stay quiet and wait until they passed through because he knew these creatures were very territorial and would attack if provoked. Supposedly, they ranged in size with the larger ones looking about five feet tall with thick, muscular arms, weighing probably around 100 pounds. Eventually, they all passed without incident, and the soldiers went on their way. Now, this sounds like a marvel to witness on its own, but what is truly interesting is that there are no orangutans in Vietnam. They are only found in very small numbers in Indonesia and Malaysia. After his son realized this, he began doing some research to see if his father was just misidentifying some other species of monkey that is native to Vietnam. He created a document with hundreds of pictures of different species of monkeys and apes from around the world in different positions, angles, and even included different sexes of the animals. He had his father run through the document and pick out what most closely resembled what he saw in the jungle. What he got in return were all of the orangutan pictures. Upon looking at all the different species of monkeys and apes in Vietnam, you'll find that none of them really resemble an orangutan. The closest one to them is probably the gibbon, but I would argue that the two are pretty hard to mix up when you compare them side by side. It turns out that there was a subspecies of orangutan that used to inhabit the area but they supposedly went extinct thousands of years ago. So what could this man have seen? Luckily, we don't just have anecdotal evidence to go off of. In 1970, a biologist named Dr. John McKinnon made some intriguing finds in the form of odd human-like footprints in the jungles of Vietnam. It said that they resembled those found by Eric Shipton on his excursions to the Himalayas. They look close to human but have a large toe protruding to one side in a way that would be impossible for a human to make without breaking their big toe. Unfortunately, those turned out to be misidentified bare footprints that had been eroded in the snow by wind and sunlight, but the ones found by Dr. John McKinnon were fresh and in the soft soil of the Vietnamese jungle. Having already discovered other large unknown mammals in the very same jungles, Dr. McKinnon believes it is entirely possible that there is an undiscovered species of large apes waiting to be found and documented by the scientific community. With the broad range in size and even locomotion, with some claiming that it walks on all fours and swings through the trees, while others say they are only seen walking on land, it's very possible what we're looking at are actually multiple unknown species out there that are being lumped into one category. As it stands today, we still don't know exactly what the people of Vietnam and the American soldiers were seeing. Many theories have been thrown about in an attempt to explain the sightings. Some say they're simple misidentifications of known animals. Others say they could be a leftover of Neanderthals or Homo erectus. No one knows for sure, but one thing is certain. People are seeing something strange out there, and unless we do more research, the mystery of the rock ape could continue to be just that, a mystery. So what do you think about that? I couldn't help but laugh. 
Why? This sounds funny. The rock. First of all, the rock apes. <laughs> and the the first story you talk about when the one comes walking out of the jungle around the the soldiers and they get close enough to where he can poke it, and he just like. Ah! He just like freaks out and screaming and running away. The way that, the <laughs> and then like rocks and boulders start flying down the hill. Like it just sounds funny to me. It was the, the way that the guy had to like actually described it was that it was like kind of dark out. And then it looked like a medicine ball was rolling towards them from the, <laughs> from the from the jungle. And then as they it got real close to one of them, they poked it and it was like ah, like freaked out. Maybe I think about a R two D two, the R two D two scream. Yeah. You know, as it like flops off into the That's, jungle. I was like, picturing it like its arms flailing in the air, just like running away screaming, like a little tiny monkey looking. I just can't yeah. get that thought out of my head. And then, like, it pissed them off. And these, like, these giant boulders come flying down the hill. <laughs> well, then they said the big ones came down after it, though. Now, the, how did they get any of the bodies that they killed 17 of them? I don't know. I couldn't find any pictures. I couldn't find... You would think, man. One of them would have to snag something from one of those animals. Yes and no. Because if you think about it, like... I, I thought about this from a couple different angles. And, like... If you're an American back in the 70s and you get shipped off to Vietnam, you're just an average person who lives here. You have no idea what's in the jungles there. They just assumed it was some kind of known animal that was around there. That's true. And so, like, they probably just thought, God damn, these big ass monkeys were around here and had to kill them. I thought they were going to kill us. So they may have just thought it was something else. You know, like in that one guy's story with the orangutans, he, he thought they were orangutans. He said it's exactly where that's the closest thing that looked like it to them. And the his platoon officer, that's what he called them. He was like, yeah, those orangutans. He had never actually heard the term rock ape. So he was over there in Vietnam and saw these things and didn't even know they were called rock apes. I think it's some kind of orangutan gibbon hybrid. I don't even know if that's possible, though. What do you mean? No, it's possible. Like, you can't just mate anything with anything else. They have to have enough genetic yeah and why couldn't it happen there because i don't know if they have enough um i'm saying maybe they're left over from like and how do we know when the last orangutan died there you know yeah i mean sure sure i'm sure there's a few that are hiding around people didn't know about maybe but i mean like they say they they find the fossils there but the researchers have never actually found a live specimen of one, which doesn't mean they're not there. Yeah. But I would think, because it's a different subspecies, it wouldn't be the same uh, orangutan that we have nowadays. Yeah. Um, so it could be a leftover that just hadn't gone extinct. But what's weird are the differences in, like I say, the locomotion. Some people say that, describe more like a Bigfoot-type creature... And but then, they say it also walks on all fours. Well, they and, say it, it could. And that's where this guy's, uh, the the man that saw the big platoon of them, they were swinging through the trees. That's like a gibbon. Right. Orangutans, they kind of swing through the trees, but not with like, not with any force behind it. They're kind of like lazily, I'm sure they can if they get pissed off, they can. But instantly when I thought swinging through the trees, I think of gibbons. Well, the other issue with it being an orangutan, too, if they 
we're seeing in that large numbers. Orangutans are, I looked it up, they don't, they don't, uh, they're more solitary. The only time that you really see orang- an orangutan around another one is usually when they're mating or if it's a young one with a mother. Um, and they aren't particularly aggressive either. They don't get, unless it's another, they they're, say... They're very territorial. I do know that. Against other orangutans. They say they're really not, they're pretty docile with people. Now, could that also be, have to do with the area? Because you know how some, some species of animal come from, uh, like, like sharks, different species of sharks, um, like in South Africa. Yeah. That's where, the only place that you'll find sharks, great white sharks jumping out of the water to hunt. Now, are those ones more aggressive? Or they just have different hunting patterns? Like in California, you never seen you've never seen a, a great white shark jump out of the water there. They just don't do it. You know, they go in more shallow water than they do those deep waters off the Cape of uh, Good Hope. Was they? Yeah, I think that's South right. Africa. Yeah, it's same with all animals. You know, they're different, same species, but different. They act differently depending on where they are. Could that be the same with, um, or why you know why wouldn't it be the same with orangutans? Being that. Just because they're docile here in Indonesia and Sumatra or wherever doesn't mean they're wild things in Vietnam. <laughs> well, that's the problem, though, is the first thing you have to prove is that they are orang- that there are orangutans in Vietnam. That's what I'm saying. I think it's some kind of hybrid. And that's, I don't, I don't know if uh, we'd have to look it up, but I don't think a hybrid is possible between a gibbon and an orangutan. They have to have enough, maje- they have to have enough genetic material in common yeah. to make a hybrid yeah you know like you can't but just because we haven't found one doesn't mean they're not there and i know you can't just put them together and that's they make it i know that well i mean that if it's possible that is how it happens yeah but and i'm saying what if it is we just don't know it could be that would be just as interesting as anything else really yeah um because i think if really i think if all the accounts are true they have to be seeing more than one thing and it doesn't mean that it's not all misidentification. Um, but I think there's a lot of evidence that points towards there being some kind of unknown species of ape out there. They say it, it didn't have tails, which is also another problem with... Uh, Gibbons have tails. Right. No, they don't. They don't have tails. No, they're apes. Yeah, they don't have tails. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. They don't have tails. They're the one... That video, the one walking across the bridge. <laughs> Whoa, walking across the bridge that I showed you. <laughs> yeah, he was going like that. <laughs> that. That was a gibbon. Yeah, but I don't think that like the. I mean, and the guy that was looking at those pictures too, though, he the his son had thrown in pictures of gibbons because that's what he thought it was too that his dad was really seeing, and he was like, no, he was very adamant like it was they were looked like that, and he was pointing well, towards the were, They're a lot bigger and buffer. Yeah, you know? like a chimp yeah they're just buff and they and they have those protruding bellies too sometimes like like (laughs) that's talking about yeah got like the beer gut you know yeah and you don't see you know chimps don't have really a beer gut no well i guess some of them probably some of them do but but it's it's a if you've ever seen orangutans even the baby ones yeah Yeah, they stand up and they've got little fat little bellies yeah yeah i think some kind of orangutan i i think it's it very well could be but I still don't think it fits all of the accounts. That's the problem. That's what bugs me. Is that they... Like, it's not so much like the Sasquatch sightings in America where they all pretty much fit the same bill. 
Yeah. But there seems to be like a Sasquatch sort of thing out here or in Vietnam and something else that's swinging through the trees and looks more, you know, like a lesser ape and not something closer to humans. Um, and like I say, it could all be misidentification, but I, I think that what's intriguing too is that you have all these people that were soldiers telling these stories and the locals too. And they, they say they would attack the Viet Cong as well. It wasn't just the American soldiers. <laughs> it wasn't just the American soldiers that had problems with it. Like they these were all funny. Like, I just think that there's such a problem that like people have to look out for them. I just think that's funny. It, yeah. It was almost like you had two different enemies. <laughs> these out there. Yeah. These things are such a problem. They're just a nuisance. Yeah. Well, like they, there were, I didn't actually read any firsthand accounts of it, but there were mentions of in the research, they would find people like ripped to shreds and they think that that's what did it. Uh, like scary. Hard telling a jungle and they, they say that like the reason, another reason why they call them rock apes, you know, is because they throw rocks, which is also another Bigfoot, like, you know. That's a monkey thing too. Monkeys throw a lot of stuff too. Yeah. But they, uh, they said that they would throw rocks at them and they would throw the rocks back at the people. You know what I mean? Like they, the soldiers would see them and toss oh, things oh, at yeah, them, yeah. and they would throw them back. They said uh, even some of them would throw grenades into them, and they would throw them back at people. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Things funny, man. Can't get over. It just this one just makes me laugh. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's interesting. It is, but it just makes me laugh. <laughs> like all the accounts are just funny to me. It's like a cartoon. It is, it's but just like funny. I don't know. Grenades back at him. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I think it's, it's an interesting little like pocket of stuff that's sort of related to Bigfoot that like isn't really talked about that much. You don't really hear stories about the rock apes, you know, yeah. like you do Bigfoot and Yeti and, you know, skunk ape, all your other big name, uh, supposedly undiscovered so, hominids. I think it's because it's so widespread. Like over the U S how many States have reported sightings of bigfoot yeah every single one just about vietnam rock apes that's it yeah you know no one else talks about rock apes yeah the patootoots what patootoots that's what the vietnamese call them that and the i really had to look up how to say the other term the first one sounds like a east ventura thing yeah patootoots and the wazong and it's spelled n-g-u-o-i space r-u-n-g but it's pronounced very differently i had to do some practice with that one but yeah for years they've been seeing them well before the american soldiers were ever a part of the landscape i guess but that's what i think is so interesting about it is that the american soldiers going over there not knowing really what they're going to run into and them hearing a few stories about these things and just being like oh yeah there's those things it would be like if you first time you ever went to like Hawaii and they were like, yeah. yeah, we have sea turtles and you're like, oh, cool. Oh, there's a sea turtle. And it's just like a part of the yeah. landscape. It's not, it wasn't anything unknown until we started doing research and realized like, holy shit, these people are seeing something that doesn't really line up with anything that still lives there. <laughs> and yeah, I just think it's funny how mad they get. <laughs> I would be too get all this and that's the thing too is that it, if the Vietnam War had never happened then we might not ever really have all these you know 
might not even be as popular as they are now, which isn't very popular at all, but would be even less popular. And, you know, I think there was one species that Dr. McKinnon who found some footprints there or somebody who told him about footprints, um, he had discovered this odd, some kind of antelope that lives in the jungle mm. that the natives were saying had been there forever and nobody had ever found it. And they were like, they're just, it's another story, you know, whatever. He went in and actually found the thing. And it's really weird looking. That's what I was saying earlier. There has to be some, you know, there very well could be some kind of orangutan that we haven't found there. I mean, it's a jungle. It is dense and it's, it's a jungle. Yeah. It's just, you know. And I think that is, even if it was just a, a leftover of that, you know, supposedly extinct subspecies of orangutan that opens up the door of possibility. If that turns out to be true, even if that's it, which is, I think one of the more mundane explanations, honestly, out of what it could be, it's still super interesting. And the implications of that being, okay, here's an, an ape that supposedly went extinct thousands of years ago, but in reality, it didn't, which could very well be the case for, like, Gigantopithecus and Bigfoot. You know what I mean? It opens up that door, like, okay, here's another one. We found it. We thought it was extinct, but it's still here. Same thing with, like, the coelacanth, which I know that's in the ocean, and that's a lot more, you know, even harder to find than a monkey in a jungle. And animals you know? live longer in the ocean anyway, normally. Yeah, but if that turns out to be true... And they're still seeing these things, so it's it's still an ongoing thing. The implications of it are just fascinating to me. I think that would be one more notch of like, okay, maybe Bigfoot is real. Well, maybe maybe they're, and not just I specifically mean, Bigfoot. Like, yeah, I was gonna say you can't really just say, okay, maybe Bigfoot is real because these things are real. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but like, it makes the possibility of Bigfoot's existence more uh, enticing. I think. It, it kind of lends some bit of like, okay, maybe I'll put a little bit more stock in the idea that something that supposedly went extinct is still around, you know? It may, I don't know. It just makes me... Makes the argument more it, plausible, it, I guess. It gets me because there's so... There has to be, a, like you say, what, there are droves of them in like 80 <clears throat> of these rock apes? And like that story. That's... Way more than you hear of Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. So, like, why isn't science looking more into these things? If there's that many of them, they're, they have to be a thing. Yeah. They have to be an animal. I would Unlike, think so. Unlike, you, you know, stories of Bigfoot, people are like, oh, yeah, so one or maybe two of them, maybe a family of them at most. 80 of them? Someone has to go look for them things. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I, I think... they got to be real. Like, they got to be some kind of monkey. It has to be. Unless the guy really did you know that was years ago they could be telling war stories and maybe maybe he actually did see gibbons he was pretty far away it's it's very possible that he saw something and that was completely you're, known you know, but you're, you're in the middle of a hostile environment your mind's not in the right place at all you're you're probably seeing stuff that might not quite be right you know what i mean yeah but to the same token he was in an area where you do find gibbons and he never went out of his way to say that he had seen a bunch of gibbons and was like, no, it wasn't one of those. But 
for him to specifically say these were orangutans and that's what they looked like yeah is pretty specific like i say if you look up an orangutan and a gibbon it's a pretty big difference for one thing in size oh yeah and he he described how thick and muscular their arms were they appeared to be like bigger than his own is what he said yeah like an orangutan and like yeah and that's something that is definitely not a gibbon gibbons are they're not tiny tiny by you know they're long and slender yeah and they have it their arms are Stu- like longer than long. the rest of their body just yeah. like they're funny looking <laughs> knuckle things. draggers but they're like the best as soon as you said swinging through the trees i was like it's gotta be a gibbon because those things are meant to swing if you ever watch a video one it's kind of entertaining to watch <laughs> one it looks like it's just like a muppet coked up just flying <laughs> through the trees it's yeah. kind of funny to watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes some weird noises too yeah but no, that one, like I say, I think that's the most fascinating story that I came across. And I came across that on Reddit. It's this guy who was just like, okay, I think I think it was actually in the Bigfoot subreddit that I'm a part of. And he was like very adamant. And his father was very adamant about the fact that like it looked like an orangutan. <laughs> oh, this has been a funny one. I think it's interesting. It is. It just, it just sounds funny. Like the stories just crack me up. Like I just can't get over like the thought, like the it was run through my head as you were talking about the first story when they poked it with a <laughs> with the gun barrel and it just like screamed and ran away, and then a bunch of big boulders start falling down and a bunch of giant ones start bum rushing you. Like, it's just funny. Yeah, I bet it was. It's funny to listen to, but if you were there, oh, I know. Oh my funny god! To to, and they throw grenades back. <laughs> it's just funny. For one thing, when that thing screamed and took off, I'd be like, "Oh my god, we're screwed!" Because you'd think like the Viet Cong are gonna know where they are now. You know, that's what deep in enemy territory. That would have been my first thought. Is like, oh crap, that he just gave up our location. But then to see these things running in there and supposedly killed a bunch of them. 17 of them yeah like it's a lot of bodies man yeah the other thing is how tall like three to seven feet it's a big variance and that's the other interesting part too is it seems like things don't get seven feet i think the tallest thing gets like five feet and that's a big one yeah yeah it's about five feet and they you know they can walk on their hind legs but they tend to kind of loop around on all fours for the most part yeah um and the accounts that you find of the taller ones up around seven feet sound more like they, they describe a human looking like creature covered with fur, not something that now they say that the arms still appear longer than a human's would if they were that size, but that it seems like it's made for upright walking. Not like an, if you look at an orangutan when it's on its hind legs, <laughs> it looks like it shouldn't even be standing like that. Because their legs look way too small for their body. That's all monkeys, just about. Yeah. Like gorillas. Yeah. It looks like the legs got hit with a shrink ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got like two foot legs and five foot long arms. Scratch <laughs> kneecaps without bending over. <laughs> but they don't, I don't know, it seems very, it seems very plausible that there's something out there that we haven't documented yet. Yeah. And I, I just, I think it's super possible. Yeah. 
I mean, it definitely is. It's the jungles of Vietnam. You know, thick and deep, and we're always finding. They're always finding new species of bugs and snakes, spiders, animals, all kinds of animals and jungles. And even the like, it's it's one thing when you find something that's small like a bug or something like that, but the fact that they've already found an unknown species of antelope in there that's like not a small creature by any means when you compare it to like a frog that's like Forrest Galante we gotta get that guy to go after him yeah that guy could find him I, I bet he knows about him um but uh he went I don't remember where he went exactly somewhere in the jungle found some kind of crocodile that was it in India maybe in India he found some kind of crocodile that thought was extinct and they're not he, he's discovered a couple new species, or not new species, but rediscovered. That's kind of what he does. Is he yeah, goes his grandfather and, found the coelacanth, right? Is, is he the one that did it? I think it was his grandfather was the one who discovered the coelacanth. That's interesting. That would explain why he does what he does. I'm pretty sure. Because that's for anybody who doesn't know, Forrest Galante, I'm pretty sure he has a show on Animal Planet. He did, And yeah. he, uh, he's got a great Instagram, too. Um, Good guy, seems he, like. Yeah. But he, uh, he goes out and looks for supposedly extinct animals and tries to rediscover them and finds a lot of them yeah he's kind of obsessed with thylacine too those things have got to be still around yeah they have to be i yeah there's a a couple videos that are pretty convincing i mean the the last one that was seen alive was just in like the 30s yeah i mean we have we have video footage of it's black and white but we have video footage of them they have to be around I think so. Especially back in the woods of Tasmania and some <laughs> places like that. Uh-huh. Have to be. I would think so. But yeah, that guy, Forrest Galante. If you listen to this, go look for rock apes. Please. For thousands of years, across almost every continent in the world, people have claimed to witness human-like apes or wild men living in the wilderness. Perhaps what they're seeing are just projections of our inner sense, telling us that we ourselves should be more in tune with nature. Or maybe, just maybe, there really are unknown creatures left in the uninhabited corners of the world just waiting to be discovered by modern science. If you ask me, that certainly seems to be the case with the Vietnamese rock apes. This concludes tonight's episode of The Black Flame Podcast. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at The Black Flame Podcast. Be sure to come back next week for a new episode. And remember, stay spooky.